Don't get G in trouble. Let's throw let's throw Gia's softball question. The softball question I have for Gia is what makes the concierge experience on the wish the best in the fleet? Besides the fact that you are here. <laughs> Duo fans, before we dive into tonight's episode, just a quick announcement. We have started a newsletter over at Substack. So as we have interesting information, for instance, the discussion of the Disney Band Plus and our testing that we discussed throughout this episode, uh, we are putting together little newsletters on occasion and sending them out. So if you want to have more news and information coming from us direct into your inbox, so you don't even have to be a member of our Facebook group, you can head over to dclduo.substack.com and sign up for our our newsletter. You can also find the sign up form at the bottom of our homepage over at dclduo.com. And so as we have interesting news to share or longer form discussion pieces that we want to put out, we will do that through our Substack and hope you'll subscribe to get those direct to your inbox. With that, on to our episode. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel, and we are coming to you live, but recorded from Cabana Number 6 on the Family Beach here at Castaway Key. It is a much, much, much nicer day than the one that we had before, uh, but we got to rewind all the way back to the beginning here. As we said on our end of our last episode, we disembarked the Wish and had to re-embark. We got into the terminal around 10 or 10.15, breezed through security with the rest of the back-to-back passengers, of which I'd say there were probably, what, two, three dozen, maybe? back-to-back passengers uh, on the ship. Sam's nodding. So breeze through. And as we were waiting in the port terminal, uh, some lovely folks from Disney Research happened our way and announced that they were testing the Magic Band on board. Wait, nope, not the Magic Band, the Disney Band Plus (laughs) on board the ship. And we're soliciting volunteers to participate. And so they offered us a free Disney Band Plus, as well as a $50 gift card if we participated and provided our feedback to the research team uh, at one point during our cruise, which I'll talk about in a minute. But we signed up. And so Nathan, Sam, and I, as well as the family we're sailing with, we all have been trying out the Disney Band Plus. And so excited to share a little bit about that experience with you. Sam, we got to experience the concierge lounge at Port Canaveral for the first time. Was it wow factor of 10 or wow factor of two? I'm going to give it a wow factor of four. (laughs) Uh, It's really nothing that special. It's just a separate waiting room. Um, It is air conditioned and it is quieter than the regular waiting area in the port. And there are coolers filled with sodas. There were no snacks. Um, Not that we needed any. We had just eaten breakfast in Arendelle and we were going to be getting on board. We knew there would be plenty of uh, food on the pool deck. But basically, yeah, it was um, there was some wish decorations around the room and there were some couches and that was pretty much it. It was not anything super special. Uh, It is something that we had never seen before. So we did take some pictures, but it was not anything to write home about. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And I share that only because I know a lot of you out there listening don't sell concierge, but I wanted to share it because don't worry, it's not like we're ensconced in a private spa waiting to board the ship. It is very much just a extension of the Port Canaveral terminal with some comfy chairs and a cooler of Coke and Diet Coke. So uh, you're not missing out on much if that's the thing that you were most wanting to uh, to understand. So after that, we boarded the ship and uh, it was our first time to try out the band and Sam, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, the magic bands didn't actually quite work for right when we boarded, but I will explain why. 
right? I believe you mean Disney Band Plus. Sorry, the Disney Band Plus did not exactly work when they scanned my band and Brian's band both times it came up with Nathan's picture and they scanned Nathan's band and it also came up with Nathan's picture. What we then learned and I think what Shoreside learned was the Shoreside system and the gangway system had not synced completely. And so it just took a little bit of time and then they eventually synced and then everything was fine and we got scanned in using our magic bands. Technically, because of the error, Nathan was actually the first paying passenger on our sailing to scan in with a Disney Band Plus. So that was kind of a cool moment. And we have a picture that we put up on our social media. You can see it. So we all were able to use our magic bands eventually to get on the ship. We were actually, I think, the first uh, passengers on the ship. There were... um, because they they took some of us early so they could test out the kinks in the magic band process. We did not have our family name announced as we boarded because for as back-to-back sailors, that just wasn't happening yet, obviously. But then we just kind of hung out on board the ship until lunch opened up and uh, grabbed some pool deck food that day. I think you forgot a very important part of our embarkation, which is that we met up with a fabulous family that we're sailing with, the Morals. And so actually we're sitting in the commander right now with Craig and Kelly and their daughter, Emma and Ellie. Uh, Nathan and Ellie are diligently playing on their devices as opposed to looking at the beautiful scenery around us. But I also just want to say we did not discuss what this Disney Band Plus is for those of you who have not kept up with the announcement. So if you are familiar with Magic Bands at the park, the Disney Band Plus on Disney Cruise Line is essentially the same as the new Magic Band Plus that they've launched at the park. So regular Magic Bands, you know, you tap them at the turnstiles to get in, you tap them at lightning lanes, that sort of thing. You can use them on your room doors. Magic Band Plus was Disney's effort to add in some pizzazz to the Magic Band. So they have light up and vibration effects for things like fireworks, or on-ride experiences, those sorts of things. We have to charge them every night. They're a little chunkier than the original Magic Bands, uh, but they do a bit more than what the original Magic Bands did, especially in terms of the light-up and vibration effects. So the Magic Band Plus and the Disney Band Plus are essentially the same product. Disney Band Plus is what Disney Cruise Line is calling their version of it for reasons they have yet to disclose, but there are many potential reasons that could be. So we have been wearing these Magic Bands all over the ship. And after we boarded, we had our second try at the Disney Band Plus, which was unlocking our door. And Sam, how did that go? Ding, ding, ding. That's right. It worked like a charm. First time through. So that was great. So it worked like a charm on the door. We got right in. All three of our bands worked great. Next, we headed up to the concierge lounge and tapped to get into the concierge lounge. And Sam, what was the verdict there? (coughs) So did not work on that door. To Disney's credit, uh, someone was sent up immediately to code our bands for the door. So any problem we've encountered with the bands, I want to say Disney has corrected very, very quickly because they really want us using these bands. In fact, they have disabled our key to the world cards on the ship so that we have to use the bands for purchasing and, and any place else we'd use the key to the world card, in part because they want to find out where we would use that card and where it's not working. Uh, so we've been testing it all throughout. I also should say that any criticism we have of this, like, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I hope it works, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure it will have its problems that roll out just as it's had its problems today. But as you decide to test new technology, you got to take the good with the bad. So remember, these things will be available for purchase. Key to the World cards will still be the primary method of payment around the ship unless you choose to buy a Magic Band or sorry, Disney Band Plus ahead of time. I think the plan is to ship these to people ahead of their cruise, but we don't know that for sure. They will certainly be available for sale on board at some point in the future. We are hearing that it's this cruise that we're on 
and the crews that embarks as soon as we get back tomorrow that are doing the tests. And then we've also heard that they expect to deploy these out at some point in like June or July uh, onto the Wish first. So the Wish will get them first. They have told us as well that the bands will eventually make their way to the other ships, but they've offered no time frame for that. So that's TBD. You will also, by the way, be able to use your Disney World Magic Band Pluses on the cruise line at a future date. And you will also be able to use your Disney Cruise Line Disney Band Plus for entry at the parks once you connect it with your My Disney Experience app. So once we get off the ship, I plan to try connecting my band to my Disney Experience and sort of seeing what features are available uh, through the MDE app. Um, and we might try it out at the parks, but that's the story behind Disney Band Plus. So after we got on, we did head to the concierge lounge. I really just wanted to cruise to sit in the sun. Our first cruise, as those of you who listened, had terrible weather and we have had great weather on this cruise. So any chance I've had to sit out in the sun, I have taken advantage of. And so I sat mostly on the deck in the concierge lounge in this cruise, uh, or at least somewhere near a pool uh, or the ocean for this cruise. So Sam is really the one who has done the bulk of the fun and new things on this sailing because Sam likes to do new stuff and fun things. I think one thing she started on pretty much right away, actually, it was the second day in the morning she started doing Uncharted Adventures. I'm going to give my review of Uncharted Adventures, which will take 15 seconds, and then I'm going to hand it over to Sam because she actually did the whole game. My review was, it never worked. It never worked. I tried on the first cruise and my phone wouldn't connect to the displays to be used as a controller. And on the second cruise, I could never get it to load despite help from multiple cast members. So it is still very buggy and I would rate it as a poor on my comment card. Sam? Okay, so I have to agree with Brian on its bugginess and the fact that it would freeze quite a bit. It would get stuck on one screen and I'd have to close out, you know, force quit the app and reopen, reload. However, I will say when it is working, it is really cool. You're using your phone as like your video game controller and you're using screens around the ship very similar to the screens that they have in uh, the Midship Detective Agency on the Dream and the Fantasy. But then there are also some scenarios where you are using your phone and scanning, call it a piece of artwork on the ship, not a screen. And there's an augmented reality uh, thing happening where you see, for example, Peter Pan's shadow and you have to tap his shadow. You're tapping his shadow because you're actually shining light on his shadow. And then there's another one where you're actually using your phone as a jar to catch fireflies that are in the bi- you know, around the bayou and in front of some pictures of uh, Tiana's place or Tiana's Palace. There are some really cool games. It is quite glitchy. It is definitely not at its peak quite yet. But Nathan and I did finish all four of the quests and we are looking forward to um, this evening going to the, I'll call it the finale show. It's only like a 20 or 30 minute presentation, but I believe there's going to be sort of a, a final part to completing the wishing star. You actually are going around in the quest and, and completing or and finding missing parts of a wishing star. I would like to bring Nathan on for just a minute to get his review, in particular, his comparison between Uncharted Adventure and the Midship Detective Agency, because I think that's the best comparison we have. Nathan, why don't you tell our listeners what you thought of Uncharted Adventure and how it compares to the Midship Detective Agency? I thought Uncharted Adventure was great. And between Uncharted Adventure and Midship Detective, I'd have to say it's a tie. Because Uncharted Adventure has so much more cool thing. Well, it has like so many more puzzles and stuff. 
but midship detective has more cool things. But midship de- and midship detective always works. But midship detective is very short. But uh, uncharted adventure is very buggy. But it's very long, so I'd have to say it's a tie. Okay. Hey Nay, would you play it again? Yes. Well, there you have it. There you have it. So an- another thing that I did on this cruise w- was I liked to. Uh, I decided I was going to go around and test my magic band in as many places as I could possibly think of. For example, I went to the fairy tale laundrette to do some laundry, and the first time I tried to scan my Disney Band Plus for the laundry machine, it felt like my magic band or Disney band was not being read by the card reader. I was able to let a cast member who or one of the research cast members know what was going on. And they sent someone up. And it turns out that instead of scanning uh, your magic band in sort of the center of the sensor on the laundry machines or the dryers, you have to scan it in the right hand corner of the sensor. So it's different than where you would scan your key to the world card. So it did work, but it, it took a bit before I figured out how to get it working. So I think what they're going to have to do is just put a little sticker or something so that you know where your magic band needs to be scanned on those washers and dryers. Another thing that Nathan and I tried was the kids club to see if I could check him out using my magic band, if he could check himself out using his magic band. So these new magic bands or Disney band pluses are actually a replacement for the kids club magic band. So instead of having the red kids club magic band, he was using a Disney cruise line branded one and it did eventually work. There were a couple of glitches. um, But as Brian said, this is a test cruise for the Disney band plus. And so it's not unexpected that not everything works perfectly the first time. And Brian is reminding me to tell you everyone that if you do not purchase a Magic Band Plus or Disney Band Plus for the cruise, never fear, your kid will still be issued a red Kids Club Magic Band to use for the Kids Club. Those bands cannot be used off the ship, I believe, for other experiences. They are really exclusive for the Kids Club on board. Another area where I decided I wanted to test out the Magic Band or Disney Band Plus was at the DVC desk. For those uh, who are Disney Vacation Club members, you know, on board any Disney cruise, there is always a Disney Vacation Club desk where they give out free gifts like luggage tags or chapstick or pop sockets or or bags. So I went to the desk and I had them scan my Magic Band Plus or my Disney Band Plus and guess what? It worked. And so I was able to get a free gift at the DVC desk. I also decided to use it at uh, purchasing a drink at the Rose Bar. It also worked there. I decided to use it at Mickey's main sale to make some t-shirt purchases there. It worked there. So for all of the you know minor glitches it had at the very start of the cruise, honestly, it works pretty seamlessly. And I was happy to not have to wear my lanyard around the ship. All I had to do was have my band on my wrist. That was it. Now, having said all of that, Craig and I actually were invited to participate in a feedback session, a group feedback session around the band. And I don't want to share a ton of the feedback out of that session because I don't want to <laughs> I don't want uh, Disney to get upset with us for sharing that feedback out of the session. And also just don't want people to think their feedback will be reported back out to others. But um, I will say there were some interesting themes that came out of that session. A lot of it just having to do with either 
you know, bands coming off uh, people too easily, which it, the design is really no different than the one in the parks, but people did express some concern about the bands coming off and uh, folks losing bands. Uh, the other thing is that charging them at night, they light up very brightly and the Magic Band Plus is at the parks. You have the ability to control the brightness of the lighting uh, because these are not attached to My Disney Experience just yet. And there's no functionality within the app to control that brightness. Um, Nathan did mention one night that it was lighting up the whole room while it was charging. So, you know, fully expect that Disney will refine some things before they fully launch here or the DCL will. Uh, and I'm sure that they'll take some some of the good feedback that they heard. We're hoping to see more than one design of band. That's been an interesting thing. Everyone testing has one design of band. So we all had to write like our initials on the back so we could tell them apart. And for some people that rubbed off pretty quickly, I suspect at launch they'll have at least two designs. I would be surprised if it was anything less than six personally. Um, I'm hoping we'll see designs for the Castaway Club status for folks. I'm hoping we might see a concierge design. I'm hoping we might see some more generic cruise line designs, you know, celebrating Castaway K and some other things on the ship or the Aqua Mouse, that sort of stuff. On the issue of charging, we were told by a cast member that Disney Band Plus and Magic Band Plus actually only take about 30 minutes of charging to get to full charge. So that was helpful to hear. And we should say, if your band runs out of charge, the only functionality you lose is the lights and the vibration. You can still unlock doors. You can still make purchases. All the stuff that you'd use a key to the world card for, you just won't get the quote unquote magical experiences on board of which we are aware of two to three that should happen. So one is in the grand atrium at night when they do the light shows with the chandeliers. The bands are supposed to interact with that. Uh, We do expect that they will interact with the fireworks and Sam actually did have them interact with the pirate deck party last night. We put some video up on Instagram about that. And then in the kids club, we know that there are some experiences in the kids club and Nathan actually told me that he had one experience where the thing started vibrating a little bit for him. There'll be some experiences for the kids in the kids club where the bands will light up. So there will be some magical experiences on board in addition to you just using it as your key of the world. I'll say my overall review of the Band Plus out of this cruise is thumbs up. It sits on my wrist pretty unobtrusively. Um, I kind of forget it's there. It is waterproof. People, For people who are curious about that, it is waterproof so you can take it in the pools and then it's just there. So it's kind of nice to have. I'm never fishing around for my key of the world card. So Sam, what else did we get up to? What else is what else does Chef have that's new on this cruise from the prior cruise? We did have a spa treatment book that was for a couple's float on air massage or a zero gravity massage. I can't remember which one it was called, but I will say bed's not working. There was some flooding that happened apparently on our last cruise with the pretty rocky weather. Uh, particularly that the night before NASA and the night of NASA, and there was some flooding in the spa, and it shorted out one of at least one of the beds, and so we ended up canceling that experience because it wasn't fully available. Uh, so we'll have to just try again, I guess, the next time. And that has been like since the maiden; those things have been on and off intermittently. So be wary if you're looking to book that experience, because it seems like what they do is they convert it over to a couple's massage and then let you know the day of if you want to cancel. So if you're seeing that converted over when you get on board, it may just be because the beds are broken. So we also had Palo dinner on the sailing, which is something we had not done. And this is the Palo Steakhouse. And so we were back in the Palo Steakhouse last night with some fabulous dining companions. The company outpaced the food a little bit. And so did have the Wagyu A5 Wagyu steak myself last night. That was not available on the Maiden. They were serving a different cut on the Maiden. Um, and I will say delicious. Not for me in the future. Way too much fat as a cooked steak. Um, I just I couldn't do it. Uh, it was it was good. I ate my steak, but I don't think I would do it again. I think I would go for one of the Snake River Wagyu steaks, which tend to have a lot less fat in them. 
but had a delicious steak. I know Sam had a delicious strip steak. I'll let her comment on the food here in a second. Uh, some crispy potatoes, a nice romaine salad. Um, we had some lovely pastas, including an off-menu gnocchi and a very rich and vibrant tomato sauce and our favorite agnolotti and a nice brown butter sauce. So a fabulous meal. We did bring our own wine. If folks are ever interested, if you have nice bottles of wine at home, you want to bring them on board. Remember, you can bring two bottles of wine per adult over 21 in your stateroom per port. Uh, so if you run out of wine, you can buy more import and bring it back on. Uh, you can bring those to the restaurants. There is a corkage fee that is charged. But if you have a really nice bottle of wine, I always say it's going to be less expensive to pay the corkage than it is going to be to buy the wine at the restaurant. So they decanted it for us and poured it. It was a lovely, lovely wine from a winery down in Oregon that we, we enjoy. So Sam, what do you think of Palo Dinner? I would say just like we felt on the Maiden slash DVC charter, this was probably the highlight meal of the trip. I think Palo Dinner at or Palo Steakhouse Dinner to me is the best uh, adult dining on the ship. While Palo Brunch is fantastic, um, it really is the same as on any other ship. And so this is sort of the standout meal for me. Now, there was one experience that we didn't get to do, but I know Nathan got to do. So I'm going to ask him to report on it, which is... At the time we were at Palo dinner, um, there was a it's Mickey's Pirates in the Caribbean deck party. And I wanted to ask him about that because we were we did not get to see it um, or it was not available on the Maiden Voyage or the DVC Charter. It is something they brought back because uh, some folks were complaining that there is no Mickey and friends at the Pirates Parlay deck party, which is the later at 1015. So, Nathan, why don't you tell us about the I think it was 745 at night, Mickey's Pirates in the Caribbean deck party. Who was there and what was happening? They had some really fun songs in it. And uh, uh, just to warn you, this is uh, this is kind of a spoiler. Like they teach you like these pirate things, and then Captain Hook comes on. Like he has to see if you know the pirate things, or else he gets the ship. And Mickey walks the plank. But if we win, then Mickey gets the boat back. But but the things he asks you to do, they teach you like right before it. What kinds of things did Mickey and friends teach you uh, what to do? Like, what's a pirate's favorite thing? Treasure. How to do a pirate jig. What you say whenever a captain asks a question or tells you something. And there's one more that I forgot. Nathan, what do you say when a captain asks you something? Aye, aye, captain. You know what, the, you know what a pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet is? C. I would have said R. Oh. <laughs> you think it's R, but the C is a pirate's first love. Why can pirates not sing the alphabet? Because they always get stuck at C. All right. The pirate deck party fed into the fireworks, Sam. How were the fireworks last night? So after we all finished at Palo dinner and met back up with the kids at our stateroom, I actually headed up on my own to the pirate parlay deck party which is the, I'll call it 80s hairband deck party. Super fun. Um, and then, of course, it's followed by fireworks. There are a bunch of different uh, pirates. It's led by Captain Red, who is a female pirate who's kind of the lead singer of the band or one of the lead singers of the band. It was a fantastic show. And as Brian noted uh, in earlier talking about the Disney Band Plus, during the show, during several songs, mostly during the sort of the chorus of each song, my Magic Band Plus would light up and vibrate in various different colors. It was pretty cool, honestly. And I have heard from the cast members from Disney Research that we were chatting with that the, it will be also synced 
with the fireworks at some point. So there were not lights and vibrations with the fireworks, but there was with the music just prior to the fireworks. So pretty cool experience. Again, just one more feature of the Disney Band Plus. We capped off last night with the fireworks, as Sam said, or Sam did. And then Nathan and I were in the room watching some uh, Mickey cartoons. Or I forget what we had on the, sh- the TV last night as we, we fell asleep. But uh, woke up this morning. It was uh, the best day since uh, Christmas Day for us. Or as Nathan noted, Hanukkah morning, which is uh, which is not actually a thing. Uh, it's Castaway Key Day. And so the wish was easily docked in Castaway Key today. The weather has been fantastic on this cruise. It has been even more fantastic at Castaway Key today. Uh, got off the ship. I did a little parasailing with... Uh, with Craig and uh, it's great to be back. So, hey, finally broke the streak. We got one more parasail in. I think it's a two for nine at this point. Uh, so did a little parasailing this morning. Unfortunately, my 360 camera that I brought with me for parasailing did not work. Uh, and so I have to figure out how to get it to work. So the next time we go up, uh, I can get the shot. So maybe four years from now, I will finally get the 360 video I've been dying to get of parasailing. But uh, it was fun to be up there. It's always peaceful. I love it. If you have a chance to do it on Castaway Key, I think it's just a lot of fun. Uh, the only experience I've had that's been even more fun was at Catalina Island doing parasailing uh, on the Wonder when we were there. So uh, great experience this morning. And since then, we have been ensconced in our cabana trading off between the beach and the cabana and cookies for lunch and just uh, having a relaxing day as we wind down our cruise. This evening, we have dinner at the fan favorite 1923. So can't wait to be back there this evening. Uh, Sam is going to go to the Uncharted Adventures wrap up session uh, tonight. So we'll get to hear more about that. And then tomorrow is a disembarkation for us. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, But we are headed over to Epcot tomorrow for the day before we catch our flight tomorrow evening out of MCO back home to Seattle. So one more segment to do. And we've also got Got uh, some friends who are going to join us to give their thoughts on the cruise. Uh, hopefully, we'll get those uh, here later today. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We will be back real soon. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode all right we are back and we have some special guests joining us we're going to start with some fun kiddo friends that nathan has made on board with the family that we've been sailing with the morals and so sam what do you want to start with with the kids i'd like to know what your favorite onboard activity has been on this cruise. Let's start with Ellie. 
Um, mine's pretty lazy. I was hanging out in their stateroom the whole time. So hanging out in their stateroom. So Ellie is talking about our stateroom, meaning the duo and Nathan's stateroom. Um, we had a lovely ocean view concierge stateroom that faced forward on the ship. So we had this awesome view of the very front of the ship. We were actually several floors above the bridge. And so it was actually quite nice just relaxing in our stateroom. And we did let the kids uh, hang out while we were experiencing Polo dinner. All right, Emma, same question. What was your favorite onboard activity? When we did the pirate deck party, we were practicing some moves of how to be a pirate. So, And then we saw Captain Hook, and he was trying to take over the ship. And if he won, then Mickey would have to walk the plank. And if, if the Mickey and his crew won, then they would keep the ship. I love that. Sounds like that was a really fun Mickey Pirates in the Caribbean deck party. Okay. All right. I want to know what you guys thought of the Uncharted Adventure. Actually, I'm not going to ask Emma this because I don't think she did this, but I want to know, Ellie, what did you think of the Uncharted Adventure? I know that you and your dad did a little bit of it, um, but why don't you give us your take? So it was pretty good, but it crashed and I could not figure out how to fix it. On the last part we were doing on the Moana Adventure, which is pretty upsetting, but and I did the final mission and I did not get out there, but Nation got on all of them but one. And what Ellie's talking about is we um, got to go to the finale for Uncharted Adventure, which is held in Luna. It's about a half hour show and it's interactive. So you are using your phone to kind of fight Ursula, who has stolen the wishing star and has actually captured Mickey and Minnie. And so everybody got to sort of interact with the game through their phone. And Nathan did so well that he basically came up as top scorer in almost every category, which is not very surprising because he's a, he's very much into video games. He's very good at video games. My son is nothing if not a gamer. So there you go. For sure. All right. Now, I would like to know, you know, this The Wish has a lot of uh, really good food, both in the both in the main dining room, on the pool deck and here in the concierge lounge, which is where we're recording with the kids right now. I'd like to know what your favorite food on the Disney Wish is, Ellie. The French fries. They were yummy. And what about you, Emma? Ice cream. Now, which ice cream do you like? Is it the ice cream on the pool deck or the ice cream from the ice cream shop or ice cream in the main dining? Probably the pool deck. All right. Sounds good. So my final question for the kids is what is a favorite memory that you have from this cruise? So something you did that is memorable to you, Ellie. So while the parents were at Hollow Dinner, on night two, so that was yesterday, we were doing a game, and so there was Tiny T, Medium T, and Big T. So Tiny T, if there was obstacles nearby, Medium T, if there was obstacles that were far away, and Big T, if there was no obstacles. All right, so it sounds like you guys made up a game that you played the three of you, meaning Ellie, Emma, and Nathan. Sounds fun. All right, Emma, what about you? A favorite memory? My favorite memory is probably when me and Nathan were being kids of Ellie when the parents were at Paulo. Nice. So it sounds like uh, Ellie was the mom and Nathan and Emma were the kids. That sounds really funny. Oh, you're all siblings. Very fun. All right. (laughs) 
Well, very cool. Well, thanks, you guys. We appreciate you coming on the show and chatting with us. I think we need to talk to your parents now. Um, so that Craig and Kelly, we met on our Wonder Cruise, our maritime second, actually, of our back to back on the Wonder. And they and the kids were on our on our show about the Wonder. But we were able to spend this three night cruise with them. We got to sit with them in main dining. And then, of course, we got to hang out with them during the day, hang out with them in the concierge lounge. And we got to do Palo dinner, the four of us together. Um, now, Craig and Kelly have done Palo brunch many, many times. But this was their second or, or at least one of their earliest times doing Palo dinner. Um, it is obviously hard with young kids to get away for a dinner sometimes. But I'd love to hear what you guys thought. So I'll, I'll hand the mic to Kelly. Why don't you tell us what you thought of Palo dinner? We had a great time at Palo dinner. The food was really good. I tried new dishes such as the butternut squash. It's something I wouldn't normally order, but it was very good. I'm more of a Palo brunch fan. I could go to Palo brunch every day, but we had a very nice time. This is our first time at Palo Steakhouse on The Wish. So for me, part of the experience was the steaks, which were additional Additives on the wish. I uh, got to try the Snake River Wagyu. Very good. A lot of great side dishes. But really, it was the company and the evening. We just got to spend time together, learn more about each other, you know, where we've been, where we do, which you don't always get to do with kids on the cruise. You're always go, go, go with the kids. So it's a relaxing evening. And then the other thing I always love about Paulo is your servers and getting to know them and the experience they build for you in the evening, the menu they put together for you really help guide you through a menu you wouldn't see normally. All right. Now I'm going to ask a, a, what is a controversial question, um, which is on the wish, sailing concierge versus not sailing concierge. And I'm asking this in part because I know that Kelly and Craig have sailed both ways on the wish and on several of the other ships as well. And I know actually you're coming back just in two weeks with some friends and sailing not in concierge. So I'm curious as to your opinion on sort of the concierge versus non-concierge on the wish. I love sailing concierge. I love the scones I, that you get in the afternoons. I got two today. I love, it's just the little things like the customer service, the beverages, the food, the quiet atmosphere, especially on this busy ship, because it's almost 4,000 passengers. But there are areas where you feel like you're one of a few instead of one of many. But I think with the Wish, it's such a new ship. It's such a big ship. And you only have three days that you're not going to experience everything. And so that's why we sail quite often. But we also live close by. So we're able to do that. Maybe ask concierge lead host G, who has just walked up as we're recording here, and see if he'll give us a, a little hello. G, will you say hello to our audience? Oh, hello, everyone from the Disney Wish. <laughs> <laughs> and G comes to us from all the way from Brazil. G, how long have you been with Disney? Oh, it's been 11 magical years. Oh, my goodness. He was a baby when he started, for sure. G is the lead here in Concierge on The Wish, but he's going to open the treasure, we think, maybe? He doesn't know yet. Don't get G in trouble. Let's throw <laughs> let's throw G a softball question. The softball question I have for G is, what makes the Concierge experience on The Wish the best in the fleet? Besides the fact that you are here. <laughs> 
Well, we are all here to welcome our guests in this beautiful lounge. And we do have the best views here from our lounge. We have this beautiful menu as well that you can enjoy some great food options, a great bar offering as well here. And of course, we have all our magical pixie dust ready for you <laughs> right here on the Disney Wish. Thank you, G. That was a surprise guest. He didn't know he was going to be on the show, but he just happened to walk up while we were in the middle of recording. I was going to ask uh, Craig, but he had walked away and now he's back. I wanted to ask him what he thinks about the experience on the Wish concierge versus not concierge. And now G's here watching. Well, you know, we've sailed a bunch concierge and non-concierge on all the ships. And it really is uh, the little personal touches that make concierge different for us. We can't do it every time because we do sail a lot. And by a lot, I mean, you know, we might be back here in two weeks, uh, not in concierge. Every Disney cruise is magical. When we come and we go concierge, the special moments, the little spaces that we can get away from the crowds. So for us, things like going on spring break, concierge is even more special because you're away from the crowd. You can sit down. Uh, I know one of my favorite moments this cruise that I didn't say was sitting in the concierge sun deck where there wasn't a crowd when the pools were extremely crowded. Um, and then getting up in the morning, fresh cup of coffee out of the coffee machine. The secret of concierge is the coffee machine and the breakfast. So, you know, I'll sail anytime on Disney, whether it's in concierge or not. But I really like concierge when it's a really busy cruise so I can get away from the crowd. Oh, yeah. And G, because G was our first concierge host that we ever met. Yeah, he was ours, too. On the Disney Wonder, he was part of the, the, the team that we met on our first concierge experience. So, Craig, favorite memory from this cruise? Uh, sail away from Nassau, sitting in on the concierge sun deck with the view just straight ahead of the ship. Got to sit in the water little bit of shade. And I really enjoy the, the view as you leave a port. All right, Kelly, we have one final question for you. Favorite memorable moment from this cruise? I loved having the cabana today. We haven't been able to do cabanas all the time because especially on the Wish, you have many concierge rooms and they fill up quickly. But I enjoyed sitting in a chair at the water reading. I loved taking a mini nap in the hammock and just having a nice area to relax when the sun was too much because it was a really nice date. Yeah, we were quite lucky on this cruise. Um, as Brian mentioned on the show earlier, we had beautiful weather this entire three-day cruise as opposed to the really pretty horrible weather we had in the prior four-day cruise. Um, so we were lucky, even though we've had two days at Castaway between the two cruises, today was really the, the highlight of the weather. All right, we will wrap it up there for this segment and then uh, get back to our last segment of the cruise, wrapping up our three-day adventure aboard the Disney Wish. And so stay tuned. All right, we are back. And unfortunately, we are at home. Uh, it's actually been about a week since we returned home. So we are just recording the final segment of the cruise here. After we got off, we went to Epcot and did some things. And so we need to rewind to where we left you last. We were on Castaway Key. And uh, after we got back on the ship, I actually hit up the Rainforest Room for a little bit. And I just wanted to let everyone know that Rainforest Room was amazing. All the showers were working. I finally had a chance to test those out. So all the showers were working. The Frigidarium was very fun again. Tried out the Himam, which is a steam room, a hot steam room. And I tried out the 
dry sauna as well. And so everything seemed to be working great. And the rainforest room throughout my experience, even on the spring break cruises that were very crowded, seemed uh, undersubscribed. So I don't know if the price point has finally hit a point where not a lot of people are getting it on these cruises. I think for three and four night sailings, there's probably not a lot of people wanting to buy a length of cruise pass for the rainforest room, which is really how they're selling them now. Uh, I think you can still get a day pass, although I did not ask. But the Rainforest Room was fabulous. Still love it. Still a lot of fun. And everything seemed to, be, seemed to be in working order, which was different than the maiden voyage where a few of the showers were just not up and running. So while I was in the Rainforest Room, Sam was up on the pool deck with Nathan. They had planned to get back on the ship and ride the Aquamouse one more time, but it was insane. And so the island had clearly cleared out and people were back on board the ship. And so they ended up skipping the Aquamouse and just heading straight back to the room. And uh, we all met up and got packed up together. Although Nathan, I think at one point, just volunteered to uh, to head to the kids club on his own, <laughs> which is fine. He headed down to the kids club and we got ourselves all packed up before dinner. So we did not have to worry about any of that after dinner. Sam then went to the Uncharted Adventure finale. And I want her to talk to you about that, Sam. Yeah. So on our final day, Castaway Key Day, there was... It was... Noted in the Navigator app that there was an uncharted adventure. I don't know if they called it the finale, but that's what it was. So those of us who had participated in the game throughout the cruise went to the Luna venue and there was basically, a, I'll call it a, a, a small show. It was interactive where you actually used your phone to uh, fight the villain of the whole story, which turned out to be Ursula. Sorry for the spoiler. And she had kidnapped Mickey and Minnie, and you had to basically help rescue them by using your the app and, and playing along. We did win. And it was really a nice presentation. Mickey and Minnie, Captain Mickey and Captain Minnie came out and uh, there were there was, of course, confetti. They showed on the screen in Luna basically who had, I don't want to say one, but who had sort of scored the highest on the various things that we had done in the finale to help beat Ursula. And I have to say, Nathan scored within the high scorers for like three out of the four categories. It was really uh, quite fun. After Uncharted Adventure, we headed to dinner at 1923 for our final dinner on board. It was lovely as usual. And the steak was had by all, uh, as well as the burrata and prosciutto appetizer that I would say is probably my favorite favorite appetizer. Following dinner, we did some recording with our friends who you heard uh, just a little bit earlier in the show. And then we headed to see Aladdin. Now, I wanted to go see Aladdin because it had been updated since we last saw it on the Fantasy and it was not playing, of course, on the Maiden Voyage or the DVC Charter on the Wish. It was not ready to go yet. And I I hate to to do this, but I have to say Aladdin was probably the worst of the Disney stage shows that I have seen in a long time, in part because of the audience and in part because the genie was just so, so cheesy. Yeah, Sam may hate doing it. I'm just going to be upfront about it. So and I, I don't want to, Sam saying the audience, I want to be, I don't I think the audience was a factor only because we were in main dining on our second cruise. So on our first cruise, we were in late dining, which is kind of what we prefer. We switched to main dining because uh, we wanted to eat with the family that we were sailing with. And the main dining show crowd is obviously a lot more kids uh, because main dining has a lot more kids and a lot more young kids. And so the theater was crowded, lots of young kids. And so it was lots of, you know, just a lot of extra noise and chatter and all that sort of stuff, which I just want to say entirely appropriate. (laughs) 
for a Disney cruise. So not saying that the experience was somehow cheapened because of that. No, kids in the main dining be able to go see the shows. And I fully appreciate that those shows will be louder than the ones that we would experience for the later dinner seating. Uh, But it did sort of detract from our experience at the show. Nathan was not with us. And so it was just the two of us watching the show. But just expect that, I guess, is the tip we have that you have a lot of kids in main dining. You'll have a lot of kids at the show that corresponds to main dining. So that was one thing. And I just, I want to echo Sam. Like, I just, I don't know what it was about the stage production because it wasn't just the audience and the noise and all that sort of stuff. It just did not feel as good as other Aladdins that I've seen on Disney Cruise Line. And if I had to pinpoint it, I would say it was the genie. The genie makes or breaks that show. And there are just some gags that he was trying to do that either went on too long or perhaps were catering to the younger audience in the crowd and not the adults that didn't land well with us. So I don't know. I, I thought a lot of it was just some of the timing of the gags and the genie was just not as good as I'm used to. Yeah, and I have to agree. And I I will say the rest of the cast was really great. I mean, the voices were wonderful. And I really did love Seize the Adventure and Little Mermaid, which we saw on, you know, the other nights. Um, Although actually on the first cruise I saw, I saw those two shows. On the second cruise, I saw Seize the Adventure and Aladdin. I skipped Little Mermaid. So anyway, I'd say of the three shows on The Wish, to me, Aladdin is the weakest. I know it's a favorite story for a lot of folks. So I'm not telling you to not see it. I'm just saying my personal opinion, it was the weakest of the three. Uh, After that, we turned in. Uh, Our friends were turning in as well because our crews got back in and we disembarked on a Monday. And so their kiddos were headed off to school. We were headed off to Epcot and we wanted to do the early disembarkation so that we could make a boarding group for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And so... Went to bed at a fairly early time, docked back in Port Canaveral without much fanfare. I was up early in the morning, managed to get us a boarding group on Cosmic Rewind. We did avail ourselves of the Concierge Express exit. Uh, So we noticed on the first cruise, like lots of long lines to get off. And so we wanted to get off quickly and get to our cars. And so if you're staying in Concierge, they do have a way to basically express you down in the elevator and then they walk you past the line up straight to kind of a private concierge only disembarkation gangway for the first 30 minutes. I think it runs until 830 in the morning. And then they discontinue that and they just let everybody use both gangways. So I don't know, Sam, I thought from lounge to gangway to luggage to customs to car was probably 20 minutes at the most, probably closer to 15. Agreed. It was quite quick. I'd say probably 20 minutes just because of the customs line. That was the longest thing we had to wait for was to get through customs. But our luggage was ready, uh, already out there. It was super easy and super easy to get to our rental car in the garage. And from there, we did head to Epcot. I won't spend any time really talking about that, except to say that it was a disaster of weather for the day. It was just downpouring the entire way there. Uh, And then when we got there, it was poncho time in the parking lot. It ended up lightening up over the course of the day. And uh, right about the time we decided to head to the airport, the sun was in full effect and uh, we were off to MCO uh, to fly home. So we did have a good day at Epcot, uh, rode Cosmic Rewind, Remy's, The Frozen Ride, uh, did Spaceship Earth, which I wanted to get on just in case they ever do decide to start those renovations. Had a little lunch at the 
Mexico pavilion and also a delicious margarita, a Dragoness margarita. I think it was a Dragoness top shelf margarita. It was delicious, delicious. So had a great day at Epcot before we headed home and I saw soft landing and then we were off to the airport and back to Seattle. So had a great time on the cruise, I think overall and uh, love sharing it with all of you out there. So we'll wrap it up there and say thanks so much for listening and see you real soon. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.